If you would turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, verses 33. You can also find it in, because um, it's in two Gospels, you can find it in Luke chapter 13, verses 20 21. But I'm just coming out of Matthew. Now, what is that? It's very simple. It's a snapshot of life. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. That's how Christ should work through us and how uh, that's understanding of, I think last time I was here, I was talking about justification and different things like that, moves you into sanctification. Uh, you know, your spirit gets saved and they say your soul and then your body. It's a, it's a hard work process uh, between that uh, spirit and soul. <laughs> it is. And what I've learned is, uh, is that you have to be careful of landmines in your Christian walk with God. That is, make sure I don't step and blow up on something because sometimes people can sabotage yourself if you're not careful. You may get free from this and fall into something else. So you have to make sure that you're really focused on that. And obviously Jesus uses this story as an object lesson to illustrate the kingdom of heaven. As it is, a woman takes yeast, leaven, and mixes it into dough. Eventually, the whole of the dough is leavened. So one would ask, what does that mean? But we first, before I start talking about the kingdom influence, we have to figure out what is the kingdom of heaven. It's important to define the kingdom of heaven. By this, Jesus is referring to his domain as the Messiah. In this current age, the kingdom of heaven is spiritual, existing within the hearts of believers. You find that in Luke chapter 17, uh, verses 21, those who may be taking notes. Later, the kingdom will be manifest physically when the Lord Jesus establishes his throne on this earth. And you'll find that in Revelation chapter 11, uh, verses 15. And I like Revelation because he, he makes it clear what's about to happen. <laughs> oh, it's my time. <laughs> you know, and so, but he gives us an opportunity. Um, and so that's what's important about that. So in this parable of the leaven, after explaining the kingdom of heaven, we learn several things about the working of the kingdom in our present age. Uh, each of these lessons stems from the nature of yeast. But number one, the first, the kingdom of God may have small beginnings, but it will increase. Yeast is microscopic in size, and only a little is kneaded into the dough. Some people say kneaded, netted. Uh, yet given time, the yeast will spread through all the dough, in the same time, Jesus' domain started with 12 men in the obscure corner of Galilee, but it, was, it, but it has spread throughout the world. The gospel makes progress. And so you can't despise small beginnings. Um, even stuff like this. I could be somewhere and have more people and all those. I don't get caught up in numbers. I really don't. I understand faithfulness is key. And I'm going to talk about that more in a moment, too, because that's something that people really are finding out the, how serious being faithful is. Because sometimes that's all you do have <laughs> after a while. But the second point from the parable of leaven uh, is that the kingdom of God exerts it, its influence from within, not from without. So when a person has influence on somebody, it's due to something inside. Influence happens all around. You, you got political influence now. It's almost heavier than uh, influence from God. Oh, it is. And the reason why politics is so high now, some people are like, I'm tired of hearing about it, is because it really determines the course of a nation and a people. Right. It does. So it's all about perspective versus I'm tired of hearing about it. You know, it's almost like somebody who has problems. Uh, it's not necessarily you having problems, more so what it's rooted in. But if your attitude is bad, you limit how high your altitude 
you can go in dealing with those problems. And so then it goes back to legislation too. Because if you start getting rid of the Ten Commandments and different things like that, you're changing things. God has nothing to do with it anymore. And so when we start going through, like folk get coronavirus, no, call BET, call MTV. That's what you've been watching and, and living for. Call them. Call, <laughs> to call collect. <laughs> call them so they can help you, you know, and see how that works out. <laughs> because at the end of the day, that's how it is. And so it goes back to <laughs> order of God. Oh, it is. Yeah, call Bobby Jr., call him Tony. <laughs> call all them who you've been, you know. Instead of calling on the Lord, because you ain't been studying him. It exerts its influence from within, not from without. Yeast makes dough rise from within. God first changes the heart of a person, and the internal changes has external manifestations. Uh, the gospel influence in a culture works the same way. Christians within a culture age act as agents of change, slowly transforming the culture uh, from within. Number three, the effect of the kingdom of God will be comprehensive. What it means is just as yeast work until the dough has completely risen, the ultimate benefit of the kingdom of God will be worldwide. And so that's why, if you notice, even in the 90s, how things changed regarding the black community and uh, the Christian impact on the world and different things like that, because it had something to do with us understanding God's kingdom agenda in all capacity. I knew people in the 80s and 90s that talked about it, and you saw it happen. Some people have a problem with, some folk call it dominionism, power and dominion. Like, you know, God shouldn't have nothing to do with everything. Yeah, it, he does. <laughs> he does. Some people have an issue with that. You know, they have a problem. He, God shouldn't do nothing with politics. He shouldn't have nothing to do with the White House. He shouldn't have nothing to do with And when you have that type of perspective, uh, something is, is wrong. The earth, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 14, says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, the meaning of life is giving God the glory, the glory of God. And it's talking about here that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. If you're seeing his glory being departed, it means rejection. The comprehensive, the mental aspect is being changed due to feelings or whatever else, etc., etc. Number four... Although the kingdom of God works invisibly, its effect is evident to all. So that means all of us are here collectively, but we're individually doing something one-on-one -on -one with each other. And it gives us time to really evaluate that. Yeast does its job slowly, secretly, and silently. But no one can deny its effect on bread. The same is true of the work of grace in our hearts. When God works with us and deals with us in our heart, it's evident. You know, I had some people message me. Just lately, just been talking about, man, you know, you really have made an impact on my life. I would have never known it. The nature of the yeast is to grow and to change whatever it contacts. When we accept Christ, his grace grows in our hearts and changes us from the inside out. As the gospel transforms lives, it exerts a, per a pervasive influence in the world at large. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 318, it says, as we reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit, which leads me back to influence. The purpose of me talking about this, because many of us have been blessed to be put in positions, major or minor. Some are based on how much money you make <laughs> and different things like that, degrees, but God has put us somewhere. 
to give influence. Influence. We were sent and meant to influence. We have to remember that. We were sent and meant to influence. God did not put us here just to ride on the back of somebody or not to do nothing at all. He called us to influence. And this is why when evil takes place wherever you are, you have to combat it. One would ask, why don't many influence? Why does it seem like some people are left by themselves or a certain group of people who influence? Because it goes back to us being afraid of losing jobs, opportunities, friends, family, people not liking us. <laughs> so I'm not going to say nothing. It goes on and on. All we can do is speak truth and allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. I found out at an early age. Because, man, when I used to say stuff, oh, man, it'd be. <laughs> I mean, one time I was at one church, and I would speak the truth, and then I'd get preached under the pew. Oh, it's rough. I mean, I'm sitting there, you preaching about me, I got to back you. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. I mean, just. <laughs> I got to, it was painful, you know. <laughs> oh, it was just painful. Oh, my God, it was painful. <laughs> I mean, he want to switch keys and take me. Oh, y'all don't. I mean, it was horrible. But at the end of the day, it, it, it got me in some trouble, but it was good trouble. Oh, it's tough. I'm, I've been through some stuff. Good God. Uh, it won't happen now, though. Not, not, <laughs> you're going to be needing some teeth. But anyway, watch this. Let me get back to the lesson. Watch this, y'all. Watch this. Watch this. Many pastors don't talk about the adversary. That is Satan himself. But it's real. It needed to be talked about. You know, when you look around... Be, People talking about Satan and the devil, stuff like that, it's almost like it don't even matter no more. And while many pastors won't, somebody got to, those who have influence, even in your personal life. You ain't got to be no pastor to talk about good and bad and biblical things. You don't. But most people leave it to that, and that's why you lack influence. Who is the adversary? The Bible, however, gives us a clear portrait of who Satan is and how he affects our lives. Put simply, the Bible defines Satan as an angelic being who fell from his position in heaven due to sin. And is now completely opposed to God, doing all in his power to thwart God's purposes. Satan became the ruler of the world and the prince of, of the power of the air. Most of us fail to realize or have forgotten that he is an accuser. He is. He's a tempter. And his very names mean adversary or one who opposes. So another one of his titles, the devil, means slanderer. That's what that means, slanderer. And so when you see these things happening in society... Somebody got to speak about it. Now, I mean, you only have so much you can do. Again, speak truth and let God do the rest. But in order to be able to speak truth, you have to believe it. You got to believe this stuff. You just can't say stuff because it sounds good because you lack power. But even though he was cast out of heaven, he still seeks to elevate his throne above God. He counterfeits all that God does, hoping to gain the worship of the world and encourage opposition to God's kingdom. Satan is the ultimate source behind every false cult and right. world religion. Right. Satan will do anything and everything in his power to oppose God and those who follow God. However, Satan's destiny is sealed and eternity in the lake of fire. You find that in Revelation chapter 20, verses 10. Now, most people, they'll, you know, I grew up, and everything you did, you're going to hell. <laughs> I mean, slap your neighbor. Now, I'm not slapping him, and I'm going to hell. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be in agreement with you. But it is true that people that do go to hell and be in the lake of fire is because you work for Satan and you was homeboys with him and you was great with him. It goes back to the question, what does it take to give influence yeast? That is leaven. When we look at leaders 
uh, in the Bible, this should encourage all of us. Again, we are, God called us to lead. There's an order, but God called all of us to lead. You look at Nehemiah, he had boldness. He stands as a testament to faithfulness and perseverance, courage to build the city and to build the house for himself. He was a praying man. Joseph, conviction. He preferred prison over three minutes of passion. Two and a half seconds. Four minutes. Oh, y'all not liking me. <laughs> y'all not, not liking me. Watch this. Selfishness. Abigail was an intelligent, beautiful woman. As I said, 1 Samuel 25 and 3, who saved her husband and his household, prevented David from doing something rash, and it secured an unexpected future for herself. There's another example, self-awareness, David. David would sin and repent immediately. You don't see that now. Some people's version of repentance, I say I'm sorry and I keep doing it. It just makes you wonder, like, you, you keep finding yourself doing these things. <laughs> and it's becoming, you know, prevalent. You know, it goes back to what I was thinking a while ago about how Satan lost his place due to sin. People sin now, we elevate them. I mean, get promoted. You know you a dog. And now we archbishop. And we walking down the, uh-uh, no, uh, sit your behind down somewhere. <laughs> but nobody wants to say nothing. Why? Because we're afraid. That's why folks don't have influence. Because you're afraid. Because I'm going to lose friends. I'm going to lose that church I got. Or I'm going to lose this, whatever. You know, whether it's in the church, at the house, doesn't matter. But I won't speak true. But yeah, people say, they, folk come out and sin. Oh, that's great courage. What? <laughs> what? They got a strong delusion. That's what it is. So, okay, so you Timmy and you want to be Tammy now. So much courage. You know, no, ain't no courage. Now, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going to let God do the rest. <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to be quiet. You know, but it's like that. So when you look at another leader that had lasting impact, uh, Daniel, he stayed true to who he was. He served under four kings, administrations. He was 80 years old when he went into the lion's den. Wow. He stayed true. He didn't compromise. 80 years old. He didn't compromise. And as a result of his devotion, Daniel found favor with man and with God. Either you're going to be influenced or you're going to influence. So that's why I always say when I've done last podcast before, is there's no such thing as neutrality. You got a lot of people that like to avoid stuff. Well, I'm not just going. No, it, not for believers. Because the reason why it's like that, because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That means there's always an answer. You just got to be bold enough to accept it when it comes to voting or whatever, you know, eating. You can use wisdom there, <laughs> but you can't be neutrality. But when people do that, you limit your influence or you have none at all. So you always have to make a choice. So we will be an influence for God and what's good or we'll be an influence for evil, for evil. If people do not trust you, they will not follow you. When people trust, they promote you. When people trust you, they follow you. People won't seek to be influenced by those that can't be trusted. Uh, trust is built over time with consistency, intentionality, and by meeting the needs of those you serve and those who serve you. God doesn't give trust, neither do people. It is earned by consistency. So you have to ask yourself, how consistent are you? You got a lot of people think just because I got a title, you know, certain position, not church title, but just I'm father, mother, et cetera, et cetera, boss. Then trust comes. It doesn't work like that. 
And that's why most people, the influence is not happening. I know people not have churches. No, you ain't got nobody because you ain't got no influence. <laughs> you don't. We love to use that scripture. You know, in the end times, things. No, uh, uh, no, that, that sounds good. And yeah, it is. People whack cold and all of that good stuff. But they don't change the real issue. You don't have no influence. And you'll discover how all of that works in a moment. And it's okay to do that if it's true. Then you just trust God for the rest. But if you don't have no influence because folks don't trust you, you don't pay your bills. I've known pastors to give me some checks that bounce. Get mad at me because uh, <laughs> I say something about it. You don't have no influence. You got people that follow you, but you don't have kingdom. You have influence, but you don't have kingdom. Influence. <laughs> now watch this now. Watch this. How consistent are you? Are you one way with some colleagues and another way with others? One of the things we have to understand is people hear what we think they don't and see what we think we've hidden. Yeah, we do. People work so hard trying to make sure it's okay. And I'm like, folks, see it. Dude, in the economy of human influence, trust is the currency. So if they ask you, say, are you rich or broke? Your words mean everything or your words mean nothing at all. When you find people, I've cut people off going to this year. You keep saying you're about to do something, you still don't do it. You're wasting my time. You have a right to do that. We live in a society. And sometimes when you deal with people, one of the wisdoms I share, and when you see people, I have a tendency to see people where they are or what they should be in God. But sometimes you have to ask yourself, God, do I have the grace it's going to take <laughs> to get them from A to Z? Because what you see now, it may take 20 years. I've dealt with people for five years, five or ten years, and after them five or ten, you still where you are. And you got to put up an argument when it's time to bye-bye. <laughs> I'm unplugging the cords. I'm getting my clothes. No, we got to go. Because my grace is gone. Now, God's grace is sufficient. <laughs> but her is gone. <laughs> I'm in the red. I got to get out of here, y'all. <laughs> now, watch this. I'm going somewhere. You need to hear this. Character. Character is the source of trust and the foundation of influence. Charisma impresses people, and character impresses God. So you got a lot of folks that's very charismatic and have a lot of influence. <laughs> they do, very charismatic, and just live like a dog, and people are impressed. Uh, but character is what impresses God, and that's all important because we need God to move on our behalf. We can do anything we want to do. I can go out and get a house, car, and all the other stuff, but I'm going to be depressed and jacked up trying to keep it because God ain't got nothing to do with it. That's why a lot of these people are struggling with churches now. Because you went and done things during a heavy grace period. God may not have, you were just overly ambitious. And now it's popping you. Character is the dedication to a series of standards without wavering. Character protects your leadership, legacy, and the ability for impactful influence that will outlive you. So we have to understand it's your character that outlives you. I've been taught it's your character that go to heaven. That's going to enter it. Why? Because character produces destiny. Destiny produces legacy. So your character matters. And when you have people that spend years with, I have character flaws. Yeah, that's good if it was back in the day. <laughs> but if I have an anger problem now, 20 years later, I still shouldn't have no anger problem. I still shouldn't be lying. I still shouldn't be not trustworthy. Many relationships fail because there's no trust. God sends tests to test us. For us to prove to be who we say we are. 
that moves us from character to integrity. The root word of integrity means to integrate, to be one. Our greatest battle is between ourselves, our secret self, and our public self. Our private self and our public self have to become one. And see, if that doesn't happen, then hypocrisy counsels influence. I see, that's what goes back to uh, that people hear what we think they don't, and people see what we think we've hidden. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 16, uh, Cassandra loved using this, be holy because I am holy. She loves saying that. <laughs> she does every problem because you're not holy. That's what it is. <laughs> Holiness. And you know what? Over the years, she's told me that, and you know what? It worked. It's the truth. You know, now we have a progressive age where back in the day, everything... Uh, we ask older people, I used to uh, ask my big mama questions all the time. Why this? Why that? She said, baby, it's God. That's all she was just saying. God. Why this, you know, we're on the point. Why this, you know, it's God. <laughs> now, in this progressive age, for the sake of a progressing society, everything is flesh. Everything has to be understood. It's, it, we don't consult God no more. It's backwards. But back in the day, it all would make sense because God, it was God. Yeah, you have to be set apart, as old folk would say. You always have to be one. Hypocrisy is the ultimate career and life killer. It is. If you don't have people that really love you in life, or know how to love, man, hypocrisy, <laughs> it leaves you stranded. It will. It will. It will mess you up. Now, even in a culture like this, you have folks that seem to be thriving in hypocrisy, but you always see they crowd changing. Over and over and over. It's the same old stuff because it's never consistent. It's not God. It's anti. And see, this is how Satan gets us through hypocrisy. Why? Because he intimately knows us. Satan has been around in every era. He knows every kind of personality there is. He knows what will work against you because he's seen it before. See, I'm not an arrogant person. I'm not going to be sitting up here trying to figure out <laughs> what I can do. Satan, no. He's been here. I mean, he's been here. So there's nothing. I'm not going to waste my time and waste years and getting in scandals and all of those stuff just to try to prove. Uh-uh. <laughs> my pride is gone when it comes to that. I, mm -mm. Humility. Because he knows us. And this is how he get every public leader, official, parents, etc. Et That's how he gets us. Because of integrity. And people dwelling in hypocrisy. Choosing not to be one with God and yourself. So my conclusion, it is simple, but it's not necessarily easy. Getting influence mastering it, learning it. Um, even as Christians, we become more about self. So basically what I'm saying is that we become self-centered and not focus on our brother or sister. And it's caused great problems and issues. You just can't have that. This is why we're not seeing much change in the world. Because we stopped loving. I was telling somebody the other day, that's the difference between being kind and nice. You can be nice to somebody, but nice people eventually going to expect something in return. Kind people just do it because of the love of God. That's why the Bible says, but loving kindness have I drawn thee. We don't see that anymore. Why? Because iniquity abounds. The love of many waxes cold. And so when you see a lot of issues and problems, love. That's why the body of Christ, it's unemployed. Folk don't want to love each other no more. Whether it's marriage, they don't want to come play. You get praise and worship leader, they got to have a contract. You know, back in the day, folk would work 12 hours, get off here, run the church, must in all, but they come and do what they had to do for the sake of the kingdom. Watch this. Watch this. Trust is at an all-time low. Leaders 
increasingly are only concerned with self and those being led are unmotivated and uninspired and many are confused, which is why I go back to the scripture in Proverbs about people who reject divine guidance, that is vision, they run wild. Everybody running wild now. I mean, sexual perversion is at a, almost an all-time high in our era. Now, I, for back in the day of Noah, man, I couldn't imagine <laughs> how that could have been. But when you factor in our technology and the advancements, it's tough. And most folks don't say nothing because, you know, afraid. Only influence can reverse the course. That's why I'm talking about it now. Because when we understand the meaning of life, is to give God glory for him to get the glory of our lives. This moves us into the type of influence. We're giving either we're giving kingdom influence or we're not. God has put you where you are to help reverse the course. So it doesn't matter what your job is, what you're doing. That's what he's chosen to do. My heart goes out in the education system and other aspects of influences because it's tough. You have this establishment that is just tough. You got to be bold nowadays. I left a university because I got tired of y'all indoctrinating me. Like, educate me. I don't hear nothing about no <laughs> this, that, and the third. Got into it my psychology teacher. Because you're talking about, you know, people at a certain age, they can choose what they want to be. I was just like, no, nah, I don't agree with that. He got, he got, he got mad at me. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I said, what about God? I went old school all about Just kept saying, but God, you know, he tried to make it. But I'm like this. If, if kids know what they want, then you need to get all them pedophiles out of jail. <laughs> you do. You need to get them out of jail. Because they know what they want. You can't have it your way. It's either, either or. Get R. Kelly. Uh, no, uh, he knew, uh, they know what they wanted. Lifetime, get their money back and put their music back on. My mind is telling me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Buddy. No. <laughs> he must have went to church on that. <laughs> telling me. I mean, I like that song. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Anyways, let me move. You need to hear this. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I like this song. If you motivate, inspire, and show people that you care. People will follow you to the end of the earth. The example of the mighty men and David in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23. He didn't allow the men to put him on a pedestal. Despite how much they loved him and no matter how much they do for him. You got people nowadays, I've seen it. I mean, I, I get he your pastor, your bishop, and all that. But some stuff I ain't doing. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I ain't got to prove to nobody. I mean, is this ministry or this a fternity? I mean, you know, what is this? I mean, you know, I'm like, my goodness, something, I'm just not going to, I got to prove my, what? No. Uh-uh. That's why the inspiration has to be kingdom. Otherwise, you got Jim Jones. That's right. That's the truth. That's why I'm putting emphasis on kingdom. I'm talking about the parable of the leaven because it has to be Christ gave a snapshot of life, the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> but David was a great model. He didn't allow, but that's what, see, that's what manipulation and stuff come in. And that's why hypocrisy is is a killer because it changes inspire motivate the people don't be concerned with self when you become concerned with self you prevent yourself from having any influence character source of trust and the foundation of influence integrity is what holds it all together if you have no character you have no integrity if you have no integrity you have no influence and if you have no influence, that means you have no integrity. And if you have no integrity, again, ultimately means you have no character. That's what they mean. They're all one. The secret of influence, character, integrity, influence. God said, I, 
I am God in Malachi 3, 6. I change not. People use that for tithes and offering. But we need to understand. <laughs> I ain't talking about no storehouse. God is consistent. He's never changing. He's unchanging, which means that if we want influence, God blesses with influence, we should remain the same.